0: okay I'm back I'm back actually I being consistent I knew I was going to be back I knew I uh, said I was going to keep knocking these things, these things out and I am this is podcast episode number 5 number 5 that you guys will be hearing I super excited about this Bears trade deadline we made a trade we actually made a another trade last year we made a trade uh, which was for Chase Claypool who's not on the team anymore this year Montez Sweat is a Chicago Bear. I'm gonna to react to that. Also, gonna do a recap on the Bears-Chargers game. Let you know what I like, what I didn't like, what I saw. Speaking of what I saw, I also took the time to see Drake May from North Carolina play play quarterback, and actually broke down the game as well. So, gonna give you a lot of information about that. So, thanks y'all so much for tuning in for another episode of the of Up Pod. See you on the other side. <laughs> at it, back at it. So, I was going to start this this show off, so kind of going back behind the curtain a little bit. This is, um, I kind of have a format for these shows, just so I can stay on task and not kind of wander off with what I'm talking about or what's going on. I want to make sure that I have some kind of I go by, not fully scripted, but kind of scripted, and I had everything set up, and I stopped, I was thinking like, okay, well, let me not record on Monday, let me just go out here and just wait till after the trade deadline, wait till after the trade deadline, and I get a text uh, from, a, um, from a friend of mine, and he says, Montez Sweat to the, to the Bears, and I was confused, because I didn't know we were a buying team. I did not know that we were trying to make moves to compete. I thought we were going to have um, a sale, some kind of fire sale. So, it seems that pace is still confident in our team. But uh, Montez Sweat, uh, I think four-year player out of, let me make sure I got the amount of years correct for um uh, uh Montez I was gonna call him Mr. Sweat, but I just it just doesn't really feel right. Like it doesn't really feel right. But uh twenty seven year uh twenty seven year old D lineman, six six two sixty two, um, uh, thirty five and a half sacks, uh in in his career. He has five and a half I'm sorry, six and a half already this year, with um with eleven with eleven assisted tackles, um so a total of 32 tackles, um, tackles this year. He was in a, on a stacked defensive line in Washington. So him and Chase Young, who a lot of people thought was, especially including myself, was a can't-miss athlete that was going to be a Hall of Famer, is now on his second team. But this is more about um, Montez Sweat. Uh, Montez Sweat comes to Chicago Bears. Um, two fumbles for us as well. While I was saying that, two fumbles for us. Uh, SEC guys so when you play in a good position and you are a first round pick out of the SEC and the defensive side of the ball then it means that you are really one of the better people in the country like yeah there are guys that and I'm going to be honest taking my biases away I'm not a big SEC fan but I do realize they put out talent each and every year Each and every year. And so, to be a guy from Mississippi State and be a first-round pick at the defensive end position and you're going against other NFL pros for the remainder of your time while you're in college, to be a first-round pick is amazing. And Montez Sweat brings a guy that could win one-on-one matchups to the Bears. And that is something that I have been... Waiting for... For a long time. He is... Not too old. He's been winning one-on-one... One-on-one matchups. He... Has six and a half sacks. This year already. Six and a half. So if you... If you think about it... The production that we were looking for Nujoku... This year... Is what we have... Right now... In Montez Sweat. So... Now... Uh Nujoku. Now Nujoku doesn't have really much much of a reason, um or an excuse to not be able to make some kind of plays. So he only has two sacks on the season. Uh now, let's see how can we can do. We put those two guys on opposite ends and we can get after the quarterback. So it's really interesting. Now I'm not gonna be too excited about the long term because he this is Montez Sweat's uh contract year, so he will be up for contract end of the year. We do have to catch space to be able to sign him, so if he does want to be a bear long term, he can resign with the team. But this is an interesting piece of information, and the reason this is um, this is important to me is because last week's episode I was talking about how I felt that the Bears were one or two. Other really good football players away on their defense and being a really uh, a top defense, a top ten D, and he kind of showed a little bit. I'm going to get um in um into a second about the Chargers game, but what Montez on the team and he's able to give us the production that he that he started off in. Washington with that he's able to give us that and give us a legit pass rush. Then it opens the game up, makes things so much easier for our secondary, which has been playing pretty good as it is. Uh, I hundred percent believe that our secondary had a very good game against the Chargers, and honestly, I think this is the best kind of segue we can go into in, into the game. But uh, just being able to sit back and um. Look at what we were able to do on the defensive side of the ball, yeah, we gave up thirty um but we didn't get we didn't get burned as far as what we were able to do on the on the defensive side of the ball so um, took l thirty to thirteen against these l a chargers. This game really wasn't all the way that. Competitive in my uh, in my estimates uh, weren't really close in the first two in the, in the first two quarters. They couldn't really get a lot going on. The offense struggled mightily. Uh, don't let the 232 Beijing had kind of throw you off, make you feel that he had a great game. Uh, that first half, the game was over, and then we had a lot of garbage time throws, garbage time stats, but. I want to talk before we get into the, you know what, since we're already on the other side of the ball, let's just go into that. Because I do want to wrap it up with the positive of how the defense played. But, overall we just couldn't, Us, the game plan was, we had trouble with the game plan immediately because we, we needed to get the run game going. The best thing about a young quarterback, the best thing about a um, a quarterback in general, the best thing that they could ever hope for is the lead, so they can establish the run game, so that they are able to keep those linebackers a little bit more honest, open up more windows, et cetera, and can get the run game going because the because the because we couldn't really get stops on the defensive side of the ball. And so, once once you're down 7, once you're down 14 in the first quarter, then we have problems. Yes, we had that one big play to Darnell Mooney that that should have really been a touchdown. I'll say that right now. The 41-yard catch should have been a touchdown. Um, Russ called the dead. Russ been bad. The last per year So if you're outraged About the fact that The ref missed a call In the NFL game Um Boo hoo Like just boo hoo I'm I i, I do not know what to tell you Other than the fact that They're gonna miss more calls That's just gonna happen But You take that out Like you take that One big throw out un, Under 200 yards For the game And The problem was that uh, when a, one we don't we can't really get blocks we can't get blocks up front so uh, Lucas Patrick and uh, Lucas Patrick had a really bad two place where he had a I believe it was a hold and a false start um like back to back, and he had two penalties that that um that pushes back or um so that 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 made it bad and then uh, Joey Bosa bore rushing Cody Whitehair and and getting inside and getting the easy sack on Bajan as well. So when we are when we don't have everything we need to when we have and we have a rookie quarterback, those. Place cannot happen. We cannot allow for instances of getting down there, getting close and next thing you know, boom penalties, boom blocking assignments missed and that is something big that's something that has to be addressed and if your, block, if your blocking assignments aren't made correctly now you're playing for behind and with a young player like um, Tyson Bajan playing from behind against a defense like like the Chargers, an NFL-level defense, you're going to struggle because he doesn't have that, he doesn't have a lot of snaps under his belt to be able to help him dissect a team like that. On the two interceptions that he had, he was staring down his targets. So, one good thing I like about Beijing is that if he doesn't see it open right away, he's going to run. He's going to get out the pocket, and he's going to try to scramble and make something happen, which is what Fields used to do, but he doesn't do it anymore. He did it last year. He doesn't. He didn't do it. He doesn't. He's not doing it this year. So the good thing about Bates is Bates is ready to make a play. He's going to try to get those uh, those extra six seven yards if need be. The problem is if he thinks it's open. Yes, we did have one where. Um, I believe it was. I believe it was Foreman. I'm not sure all the way, but one of the receivers kind of went to his knees, and um, it was it was ended up getting picked off. But either way it goes, I uh, think it was Asante Samuel uh, picked it off. But either way it goes, I really believe that uh, overall we 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 need to get the run game going, especially. If we're going to keep, if we're going to stay with, if Bayes is still going to be our guy, he still needs time to be able to understand defenses and what to do. Uh, on the flip side, on the opposite side of the spectrum, we're going towards the defensive side of the ball. And the biggest issue is that we couldn't get pressure. Couldn't get pressure. Uh, Justin Herbert was not sacked. He had a clean jersey and a clean pocket the remaining, uh, the, the entirety of the game the entirety of the game, and when you give a quarterback with the arm talent of Justin Herbert that much time, he's not going to overthrow, he's not going to overthrow, he's going to connect with his guys, and he's going to just slowly poke you to death, so if you look at the numbers, Eckler killed us out the backfield, giving up 94 yards receiving out the backfield is terrible. But if you start looking at the the other matchups, Kenan Allen, Quinn Johnson, Donald Parkham, um, nobody went over 70 yards. We didn't have those moments of us just getting shredded deep down the field and gave a majority of the points in the first half. So... The game got out of hand but and of course they took the foot off the paddle um, but we we were able to slow him down. We were able to not get killed and not have like a huge Allen game and Joshua Palmer didn't have a big game even though he's a, their speedster. So, we tackled really well in the secondary. We kept him short on him a few times. Overall, I think in coverage we played a good game. The problem is when they have to cover for five or six seconds and we're running that zone, a good quarterback is going to be able to find those holes in the zone. And hopefully uh, Montez Will will be the person to be able to get that timer down to three and a half, you know, maybe four. So we got to only just struggle for four seconds and, I mean, covers for four seconds and then that four seconds Maybe we can start getting more interceptions, um, bigger, bigger deflections, etc. So it's a lot of things that could happen, and we did have a need. We did have a need for pass rusher, and we got one. So let's see how it looks. Um, but last week is over. We all knew. Um, we all we're all looking forward. We're going to next. We're going to be previewing uh, next week's game. We have a game against the New Orleans Saints. Sunday, November 5th, 1 o'clock p.m. 1 o'clock p.m. Eastern, New Central. Chicago Bears versus the New Orleans Saints, the 4-4 four four New Orleans Saints, tied on top of the NFC South, which is pretty much a dog fight. Saints are favored of 7.5 points at home. Uh, over-unders at 41. Bears are plus 280 for underdog if you really care about what the Overall odds are I'm not betting the Bears anymore. I'm I'm done. I am boycotting betting the Bears until further notice. But uh, keys for this game: so the Saints are a division opponent, so we don't want really to see them too much. We'll see them every now and then when we get a rotation, or um, if we both end up in the same place in the standings, which I believe that was the case this past year, because the Saints and I have a good team. Uh, this year, this is not the case. So. Uh, four and four, uh, five hundred. But don't let the four and four record fool you. They did not have Alvin Kamara for the first four games of the season because of he was he's on he's on, he on suspension, and now he's back. Now he's back, and this offense is kind of terrifying. Kind of terrifying. So uh, they got they got Derek Carr, Alvin Kamara, Chris Olave, Michael Thomas. Rash, um, Rashid, um, I'm sorry, Rashid, Rashid Shahid. There we go. I told going to be better than names this episode, and I did get better. Um, and one of the trickiest players in the entire league to be able to prep for Taysom Hill. So, you have a lot of options, a lot of firepower on this team. The Saints are, uh, top 10 ranked Top ten ranked passing offense, uh, get about two sixty a game. So, and they also rank eleventh in points per game as well. So, the the issue in how this is going to be a tough game for the Bears is that you have two guys that have number one receiver talent in Michael Thomas and Chris Olave. Now, Michael Thomas hadn't been playing in the last couple of years. He has been injured. He's back, and he's still. Able to run routes at a very efficient level. Him and and Derek Carr sometimes have a couple of mis- miscommunications. The same goes with Chris Olave. So that that is the position where you're going to get a lot of those. If you do get turnovers, that's where you're going to get them um, in the deep passing game. But if if it's if it's intermediate, if it's short, those guys are going to be able to get open, and um, make amazing catches. So, Chris Olave already has 5, 517, 517 yards receiving this year. Michael Thomas also um, has 493, I mean 439. And um, Rashid Shaheed is their number, um, is a really big wild card from there. Uh, really moves around a lot, but he's their speed guy. He has a, they said that he, he had him and Tyreek Hill are the only players to have multiple instances of being clocked at 15 miles an hour on the football field. So this is a lot of speed and having a lot of speed and, um, and mixed with a lot of good route runners will make it very difficult for us. Um, I wouldn't think we had a chance at first. I don't think we would have a chance at first. Just because of how our pass was is non-existent, and I believe Derek Carr was going to be able to pick us apart, but we did get a we did a new player. We do have a, we will have somebody that's going to be to rush the edge a little bit more. Uh, Derek Carr can give the ball up, whether if he's if he's hit with a blind side sack or um or him throwing the ball over receiver's head, he can give the ball up. I have seen it happen, so. It's a possibility. On the defensive side of the ball, I would really be doing a terrible job of doing a preview if I wasn't going to talk about their their stud in Carl Granderson, uh, five and a half sacks in the season, so one less than the guy that we traded for. And this is a this is a undrafted rookie coming out of Wyoming, six five two sixty one. Um, really strong uh, um, really strong uh, long arms it's going to be hard for um, us to be able to block them up front especially if they know they were passing the ball if we can't get the run game going we will struggle and Carl Granderson is going to have a easier time getting around our O-line just because how quick he is especially in what I've seen in film uh, quick and strong the other issue that I can see, well, not even issue, but other thing I um, want to highlight as well with the with the Saints is that they do have a very, i would say, interesting, um, interesting secondary with Tyron Matthew and Marshawn Lattimore, and you would think that they would be a overall better team. As far as um, being against the pass, but overall they do struggle here and there. Uh, they do give up plays. They will get beat deep. They will have pass interference calls against them. But what's going to happen is that you would think that it's a little, it's easier to get to them, and that's when they get a turnover. They're very turnover heavy. They can get to um, um, get the ball very easily. They. So it's really tough to be able to slow them down. They are fourth right now in the league in interceptions. So it's really big and really important that this is a game that since Beijing is going to be able to start uh, start again, uh, Fields is going to be out one more game. This is a game that Beijing really has to keep uh, carry the ball and not sit down his receivers, especially if Tyron Matthews on the field and he and he's on that side because he will uh, he will try to bait the quarterback into throwing into throwing his side and. That's the biggest thing I'm really worried about right now. Uh, as far as the outcome goes, I think that in New Orleans it's going to be kind of tough for Bayesian to be able to win. Last week, the last, the first two weeks, we had a really nice home environment. The We, we were at home against the Raiders. And then next week, we, I mean the next week against the Chargers, even though we're on the road, a lot of Bears fans were there. So it sound, it felt like a home game. The Chargers don't have a home field advantage at all. They shouldn't should have left San Diego. But, this will be his first ever road test. Going to New Orleans, hearing those guys in that dome is loud. And a lot of professional players struggle there. So, I don't think that Tyson Bajan is going to be that guy that's going to step into New Orleans, Louisiana. And on a Sunday afternoon, lead the Bears to victory. So, I'm going to go Saints 31 Bears seventeen um and so will put us at two and seven um with a few weeks left to go. But and so I've been totally into my college scouting because this season has been over as of day one. So what Wait, Carolina winning last. Um, Carolina winning this week, and I've already kind of did film on Caleb, and I want to look at that next quarterback that a lot of people um, were looking at and trying to see who um, who's going to get drafted in that in that number two or potentially number three spot, and it was Drake May. Drake May from Univers- University of North Carolina. I know, I know. Before you guys even said yes, I, that's the same school Trubisky went to, but also. Sam Howell from Washington, and hey, he's he's pretty good. So maybe Trubisky was the outlier, maybe. But Drake made six four two thirty eligible to come out this year. I believe he had a redshirt year, so he's a redshirt sophomore. Um, overall pretty good stats, honestly. Overall, um, pretty good stats. Uh, this year he has uh sixteen touchdowns, only five interceptions. Um, pretty good rating. When I, so I want to take a look at him. and so I tuned in and I watched him play against Georgia Tech. So fresh off a loss, uh, North Carolina was in the driver's seat. It was going to be a collision course kind of between them and Florida State to see who was going to um, win the AC, ACC, and well, it's the two contenders for the ACC, and. Carolina lost to Virginia, so kind of messed things up a little bit, but they did have one more. They had a tough game against Georgia Tech, and I was watching the game, and I was impressed with Drake May as far as how he could throw the ball. He's a kind of quarterback that can make all of the throws, and he doesn't miss often. If he has a clean pocket, intermediate, those out routes, post, he's going to put the ball right on target each and every time. And there's nothing that a lot of teams can do about that because he makes the correct play if you rush four. If you blitz him, if you get pressure in his face, if he doesn't have a good old line, he's going to struggle. He has struggled. And the couple of plays that I've seen have Once again, Drake May had a good game overall. 17 for 25, 110 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. But once you look at the game, one thing I did pay attention to was that in the second half, Carolina was up 14. Carolina was up 14, and Georgia Tech somehow came back and won that game. Georgia Tech came back and somehow won that game, and it wasn't because of, of 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 turnovers from Carolina, it was the fact that they they Georgia keyed in on a running running back and made Drake may pass on them. And when he made him when he made, when they made Drake May pass, they sent pressure. Whenever he they sent pressure, he didn't get what he didn't get what he needed on, on those throws, and that's concerning. That's concerning, especially for somebody that. You really want to be on your team as far as a as a future pick. You know, this is this is the guy you're looking for. This is the guy you are thinking is going to be a savior for your franchise, and you're up 14. You can't get that W. It's it says something to me. It says something about hey, if I need a win for my first round pick quarterback. He can't give me a win when I really need one. When we, have, when we have a lead, I'm a little nervous about it. I'm a little gun shy about it. I'm not saying he's not going to be a good NFL quarterback, but it makes me a little gun shy. Um, especially because he does have talent around him. That's also another thing. He has talent around him. Uh, Omarion Hampton uh, probably going to be able to come out next year. And he's a stud. He had he, 29 carries for 153 and two touchdowns. So Carolina has been getting running backs here and there. They are safe. They are becoming running back you. If you want to look at running backs and see where they're coming from, Carolina. Um, Brian Nesbitt and Tez Walker are... Nesbitt, I think, is a really talented uh, tight end. And Tez Walker um, just coming back from injury, but he's a guy that has been given or has been looked at as a guy that can get uh, a first-round look as well. So, really interesting. Um, I think Drake may has some work to do. I think that he may potentially help some teams out, but uh, overall, I, I think that if I was a Bears fan, not speaking for any other team in the NFL, but if I was a Bears fan, I would not want Drake May on our team because you were going to get frustrated with him at a, at decent points within the in during this rookie year or during the part where you the teams together, so that's my just that's just what I look for my style report. We're gonna be right back with good, bad, and ugly. See you on the other side. All right, so good, bad, ugly time. Once again, one of my my favorite part of the show. I love good, bad, and ugly. It's and after a, a, a loss like that, good and bad, ugly shouldn't be hard. But so, starting off, I'm going to praise again the DB play. Uh, maybe there's some about me that I like the DB play, but when you don't give up 300 yards to, to Justin Herbert and you don't give up 100 yards to, you don't give up 70 yards to Ken Allen, I feel like he did a good job as a defensive secondary. Uh, yeah, Eckler had 94 yards, and to be 100% honest, that ain't, that's not on the DBs. That's not on the DBs at all. The game the game plan had to be adjusted a little bit. But also, what can you do without a new pass rush? So, I'm getting good to the DBs. Now, if they get torched this week coming up, they're definitely going to get put in this bad category. especially making me look bad. But, as far as bad goes, I'm going to go with Chris Collinsworth and his announcing. So, i i like I like the regular games on Mondays. I mean, on Sundays because... If it's afternoon or morning, you get a pretty okay, solid crew. That's you get Greg Olson. Uh, he's on the best of the best regardless. But Chris Collinsworth was just terrible, just praising Bejan for not completing passes. And uh, some of the two other things he said, that um, he said, if you take away the interceptions, Beijing had a good game. And then he also said Phil should probably study from Beijing, and um, both of those were just just terrible things to say. But you know I know he's bad at what he does. He's so annoying. He's the worst part about Sunday Night Football. But you know when you hit when you get when you get a bad announcement, you get a blowout of a game. Then now is going to struggle to say stuff in the first place. Because he had got to, to gotta keep talking the entire time. So, he's just an idiot. But, my uh, ugly goes to one person one person only. And that's Valus Jones. Uh, Valus Jones is... If he's not the worst returning man in the league. Because consistently he makes bad or terrible decisions returning to football. Um, this game, he had just two bonehead plays. He had a kick-catch interference, um, uh, because he's somehow, for some reason, a gunner as well. So, like, he's not good at returning punts, but somebody figured that it's okay for him to try to cover punts, and since he covers punts, he ran right into the receiver, I mean to the punt re- um, punt returner before he's able to catch the ball. On a fair catch, so three fifteen yards. Um, it's like I don't know if he knows he's out there playing football or not. Awareness is at a zero, but also I feel like his deep, well, probably like negative thirty, because also, but, um, in the fourth, I think it was the third or the fourth quarter, but. Beijing had two good throws. The first throw was that 41-yard throw to Darnell Mooney. That should have been a touchdown. But the second one was, I think it was like a 30-yard pass that Velvis Jones, Jones got behind the DB and was opening the end zone and somehow lost the ball. I would say the sun, but it was a night game, so it couldn't have been the sun. But loses it, and then the ball falls right in front of him. Like, if Bayesian, I prefer... I really feel like Bailey Jones is just point shaving at this point. Like he's just point shaving and he's just going off the odds and he's just trying to figure out what way possible he can make the make the Bears lose by more. Like it's gotta be some kind of it's gotta be something. Like I just no other rationale behind this, but like he gotta go. He just gotta go. Like I'm, i I have gotten over Claypool being bad for the Bears mostly because he was traded, so I don't even know what he does anymore. But Valus has got to get cut. Can you just cut Bayless, or like give him some money not to show up? Can we pay him not to show up like the NBA? That will just work. I don't think that would work out better. But, uh, once again, I want to thank everybody again for listening in. It's great. This is just great getting my head around things and be able to cover a sport and do something that I love doing. Being able to talk and ask an opinion and make this show better. So, Appreciate y'all so much. I'll be back next week. Staying consistent. Y'all take it easy. Back that up.